welcome into another episode of the West Life Podcast. I'm your host, Josh Barnett. We are sponsored by Holman Barnes Group, which includes West Ashfield Leagues. Uh, if you're not heading out to Bathurst this Saturday, head to West Ashfield Leagues for a feed and a cold beer and watch the boys hopefully uh, maybe take pull off a miracle. We've been waiting for a miracle for uh, seven games now. Who knows? Maybe the eighth, eighth's my lucky number. Maybe eighth time lucky. This uh, this weekend uh, at Westlife Pod on Instagram and Twitter, please give us a follow on the socials. And if you want to support and take part in the show, patreon.com forward slash Westlife. And if our Patreon subs are listening, if you're up late, feel free to drop your questions ready for later on in the segment in the Discord. Please, and shout out to everyone tuning in on the YouTube. As I said, we're an hour late tonight for those listening uh, after the fact. We went live at 930 on uh, Monday night. It's a public holiday tomorrow. It is, of course, Anzac Day. So, um, look, if you're getting up for the dawn service, we apologize if we're eating into your sleep uh, or if you're yeah, you're planning on that. So we, we do apologize, but we are here. We're ready to go, ready to review this uh, heartbreaking loss as you were sitting with me in the rain. What are we... Uh, what are we... Uh, fan you are as for and what a friend you are to me because you this year i decided not to go premium outside of leichhardt so i was a pleb on the hill shouts to mario who we had on the episode our, our manly friend who was on last week he was sitting with us as well and joe alafachi was sitting on the hill in the pouring rain watching that game uh yesterday and you left you were literally in your cozy high up in the grandstand seat you came and sat with us got Got your hair wet, got your your clothes wet, just to uh, enjoy that second half that almost almost uh, pulled off a miracle. But how are you? Twenty four hours later, as yeah, g'day Josh, g'day Rob, g'day everyone who's watching and all listening. Uh, I'm absolutely shattered after that one. Uh, I keep telling myself not to let myself get my hopes up with the team, um, but we got we took the lead. Uh, which was the first time we've taken a lead in the second half this year. The only other time we've actually led a game, I believe, was after an early penalty goal in our round one game against the Titans. We've been behind at every other point in every other match so far this year. So that brief moment, that brief few minutes where we where we had that lead, um, and I've still got questions over the Saab try, uh, multiple questions over that try, but I'm sure we'll discuss that mm. later. Um, but yeah, I, I did enjoy spending the second half with you blokes. I was looking for Gussie, um, cause he wanted to catch up with me and, and Gussie too. Sorry. You. I missed, I forgot this. I've got to mention <laughs> Gussie. We did, we, we spent 90% of the game looking for him. We're on the same hill trying, trying to find Gussie, but, um, mm. man, it would have been cool to have a sell Yeah. An all in hug with the boys on the hill, but, um, <laughs> wasn't to be. Yeah, trying to find him, and I bumped into you, so it worked out. Yeah, it was. It was. Lots of friends uh, heartbroken on a hill. Uh, Mr. Bashar, how are you on this Monday evening? You were nice and nice and dry watching on your uh, big screen yesterday. How, how are you feeling 24 hours after another heartbreaking loss? Uh, g'day, boys. G'day, listeners. Uh, look, just very... Very disappointed for the boys. I really thought it was a wholehearted effort. Um, everyone put in. Everyone had their moments. Uh, felt bad for the fans. Felt bad for you guys. G- Gussie messaged me twice, actually, about going. And, and I had the opportunity to go. I just 
refuse to go out there. I, I actually don't enjoy watching sometimes, although yesterday, you know, there was there was a lot of improvement in a lot of ways. Um, disappointed that we did get the loss. And having said we've improved, I mean, it's just still not good enough. We're not getting the wins. Uh, you know, common knowledge we finished last last year. Eight teams make the finals. Eight teams don't. Out of those seven other teams that didn't make the finals, guys, we've played five of them. Okay, we've lost to five of those seven other teams. And the other two teams we played, Parramatta don't have the squad they had last year. Melbourne were without Pappenhausen and, and Hughes, you know, half their spine. So we had the perfect draw to get off to a good start, as I've said many times. And you just feel like if we didn't win yesterday, when are we going to win? Um, so many players that are much maligned actually had really good games yesterday. Unfortunately, key errors at the wrong time. Uh, disappointed with some things in terms of tactical stuff from the coaching. But I've got to say, even from a coaching point of view, even though I just think they all shouldn't be there as a general rule, the coaching's improved because we saw some runarounds in the red zone. Uh, we, we just saw a little bit. You can you can see they're trying something different. They're trying to improve. Unfortunately, the tries aren't stemming from the red zone as much. Like we did get two two from the red zone yesterday that I re that I remember. Um, but yeah, it's just just not good enough, guys. And we're going to come into that bad part of the draw now. So unless mm. we beat St George in a couple of weeks, I just don't know where that win's going to come from. But um, some Herculean performances yesterday, and you know, Appy Coruscant, like he's he's just come from a cushy job at Penrith where he has to play 45, 50 minutes a game to busting his ass 80 minutes every week. He's he's actually inspirational. Like, I never thought he'd be this player that he is for us right now. But I just feel like as a, as a club, we're three months behind. Like, we just haven't got our team right. We're kind of getting it a bit closer now, but we haven't got it right. We're just behind the eight ball. And ultimately, even though I said the coaching has improved, I feel like the reason we're sitting on zero wins is the coaching. Uh, we'll get into the game itself uh, soon, the game review, a bit of news first. So, man, literally the day after we recorded, like a few things happened. It was pretty annoying that we couldn't, had to wait basically five days to talk about. One being that Tommy Talao is going to the Manly Seagulls. So, yeah, he... Yeah, joining Manly. I think it's a two-year deal or something. Not that I care if he's leaving. So basically, Tommy Chalau won't be here uh, next year. And Rob, do you reckon he'll be here the rest of this year? Uh, based on what happened with Tuolungi last year, I'd probably say yes. Uh, I don't know why we're playing him. Um, good luck to him for securing his future. I mean, obviously, he's had you know, serious injuries. But, I mean, our club stood by him and this is the way he's repaid us. So uh, I don't think he's any great loss, to be honest. But I'm, I'm really disappointed that he's getting a spot in the 17 ahead of guys that do want to play with our club, even if even though they might not be worthy of that top 17 spot. We should be giving it guys, to guys that want to be there. And it's not a good look that we're giving someone that wants to ditch us a spot for someone else who, who would love to be there, like a... I know Simkin only got a couple of minutes yesterday, but like a Simkin, like a Bloor, like a Safarth, like a Matamua, uh, you know, like a perhaps a Laurie. I don't know. Does Laurie want to be here? But yeah, we're just we shouldn't be giving our spots to guys that don't want to be there. 
Penrith Panthers take on the West Tigers head-to-head at Character Park in Bathurst this Saturday, 29 April. And the best place to watch it live and loud is at West Ashfield. You can grab a big, juicy burger while you show your support from the home of the West Tigers, West Ashfield. This NRL season, head down to any of the Holman Barnes Group venues, Croydon Sports, Markets Club, or West Ashfield to watch your favorite games on their large screens, live and loud. For more information, visit holmanbarnesgroup.com.au. Holman Barnes Group, bringing people together. As, what are your thoughts on this Talao thing? I mean, as Rob said, he's securing his future. If the club weren't, going to offer him a contract i guess you can't really begrudge him but it um yeah it hasn't worked out the way we wanted to with tommy yeah for sure good on him like rob said good on him for securing his future um it's not with us obviously um i kind of thought he was going to be one of our players who would at the very least be on the fringe of our um 17 and like on the fringe of the starting 13 given the fact that he's generally a center uh, he's had a few good seasons for us, but recently he's had a few injuries and that's probably um, hampered things a little bit. But yeah, if um, it, it's, it is a bit of a shame that we're, we're playing him over guys like, I'd say in particular, Bloor, um, who was an absolute standout in our cup game. Sure was. Um, yesterday. So yeah, the fact that he gets a, a, a spot in the team over guys like that is a bit dis- disappointing, but. I don't know. The the coaches are the coaches and they're quote unquote coaching, so what can you do? Mm. Yeah, we'll see if Shansey persists with him uh move, moving forward the rest of the year. And maybe I don't know, I don't know how much money he's on, but you did let him go and promote someone and uh yeah, take get the refund on whatever's rest the uh pro rata of his salary. So see what happens. Uh, next, uh, if Simon, our good friend from West Ashfield, so obviously you see uh, West Ashfield and was on the board of, uh, the West Tigers, he has stepped down. So, I mean, management through, throughout the West Tigers, the board, the CEO, the chair has been a lot of obviously, uh, voices, like obviously the ones you're looking at or listening to right now, some of them and yeah. Surprise! It was kind of surprising. The first person to uh, to put their hand up and step down was uh, Simon, and he's been replaced by uh, John Dorohy. Did I pronounce that right? Correct, John Dorohy. So he's um, yeah one of the Magpie uh, reps now. So he's on the board of directors for West Tigers. Uh, Rob, we obviously talk through the show and stuff. We talked to Simon. Uh, fairly regularly, regularly, and but um, yeah, we we're both pretty shocked to hear this. Oh, definitely shocked that he left. Um, kind of knew that. I mean, I kind of felt he wouldn't stay there as long as I thought, because I actually would have, you know, wanted someone like him to be CEO. To be honest, um, and you know, kind of mentioned that a couple of times, mm. and <laughs> he, he kind of led me to believe that was not going to happen. So um, yeah, that, that's when I kind of got an inkling. But look, I sent him a message once I found out. Um, He'd resigned and thanked him, thanked him for everything he's tried to do. Look, one one person, I mean, it's a, a step in the right direction in terms of getting an ex-footballer, John Dorohy, with some business acumen on board, but one person isn't going to do it. 
Um, and I'm a little bit disappointed. I mean, you know, the fact that Dorothy said, you know, he's looking forward to working with Hadja Pentelis and Pasco, like I'd rather he was looking forward to working with someone else and those two blokes got the hell out of there. But um, as Simon said, we, we need a lot more regeneration of that board. We need new members. We need new blood. We, we just need to change change that culture of lack of accountability and I know how much Simon loves the club and every time I'm, I'm down in the dumps about things he's always tried to prop me up and for him to leave is a very selfless act because I know how much he he wants success for the team um and yeah he, he's not going to be there anymore so you know again thanks Simon for everything you've done and thanks for what you've done for our show as well but yeah look we we need we need mass changes and and but we need the kingpins to be changed and and until that changes I don't think anything changes really. Yeah, he's been a big, obviously, a partner of the show uh, for the last couple of years, and he's been not just uh, financially supporting the show, but telling us that he, um, yeah, likes that we we uh, give our feedback and critique the club and that sort of thing. Some, yeah. So he was actually always very supportive and uh, of how we went about. Look, not. Not all, not every single thing that we've said over the over the last couple of years, but Simon's always, um, yeah, he still is a great, great. Uh, He's the one person, Josh, that could accept criticism mm. because when we he, when he welcomed we, it, when, he when, actually when welcomed we it. When we criticise the board, I mean, obviously he's part of the board, so he'd accept that criticism, and he never took it maliciously. He knew it came from our hearts because we want so much for our club to do well, and we love the club deep down. And we're just frustrated to buggery. And, you know, everyone talks about, oh, eight years of Pasco, eight years of Pasco. I mean, I don't even look at it like it's just eight years. I mean, go back to pre-Pasco. We haven't made the finals since 2011. So it's it's going to be 12 years this year. So everyone talks, oh, eight years, eight years. It's 12 years, guys. It's We haven't had anything to crow over except be a game or two out of the finals or, you know, have a game against Cronulla at the end of 2019 to make the finals. Like, we've really hardly been in the picture. So he understands our frustration, and that's that's what I respected the most about him. He never basically said, you know, we'll stuff you, who are you, you don't contribute, you don't do this, you don't do that, you know, un, you know, unlike the way Lee Hadjipantelis does. So he really took it on the chin and was man enough, like, if I messaged him to, to message me back or if I emailed him to email me back and... He'd even ring me up and we'd, we'd have conversations for 20, 30 minutes. And, you know, like I get a lot of people ringing me sort of as, you know, <laughs> wanting a bit of support and encouragement. He's been an encouragement to me. So can't thank him enough. And, and you know, I wish him all the well, all the best. And I'm sure we're going to, you know, see each other a few more times. I mean, he's, he's still at West Ashfield and yeah, we, we go there a fair bit. So nothing will change too much from that point of view. And the thing that people don't realise with board members as well is they actually don't get paid. So Simon obviously is the CEO of West. That's his day job, which you could imagine. Well, I can't imagine. I can't, could not imagine being a CEO. But um, he would be an extremely busy man and they, they dedicate their time uh, outside of their day job to do it. So, um, yeah, once again, thanks to Simon. Uh Back to the West Tigers club themselves. So this Anzac jersey saga goes on. There's also uh, an auction at the moment. We're talking about this in the Discord yesterday. I know Carla said she bidded on one of the jerseys. They actually aren't, I believe they're not actually the playing jerseys, as in 
not the jerseys they played in yesterday, the ones being auctioned. So if you if anyone's putting a bid, I'm pretty sure it's just the uh they're replicas of the ones that the players were. They play issue jerseys. That's how they're saying it. So, um, so there's some big like someone's paying several hundred dollars at the moment for the, the number seven jersey, but I don't think it's the one that Luke Brooks was wearing yesterday. So yeah, Brooksy's number is uh, the highest bid last I checked. But and the um, starting bids for all of them were three hundred as well, which I thought yeah. was an interesting starting price. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, all proceeds go to Legacy. Legacy. Thank you, As, for saving me there. Um, so I guess it goes to a good cause. But normally they give you the literally the jersey of the players back, but not doesn't seem like it this year. But um, yeah, so just a little thing coming out of the club that the person that designed the Anzac jersey has actually lost their job. Paul Kent uh, reported this this afternoon, but apparently it was because of their social they broke social media policy or something so yeah um sorry to go to rob again as but rob you said you'll when we're off air that kent was mentioning this on 360 tonight oh they were just mentioning our whole situation and look to sum it up simply kent basically said what we've said for you know since i've been on the show anyway uh, over two years you know, the fact of all, all the spin and how they don't take accountability for anything they do. And and Buzz Rothfield was, you know, defending uh, Justin Pascoe as he normally does to protect his grappa lunches. Um, but, yeah, it, it just it just gets frustrating when, when you know, like Rothfield is right. Like, yeah, Tim Sheen's let go of J- Jackson Hastings and, yeah, all the footy decisions have nothing to do with Hadjipentelis and Pascoe on the board. But I, I keep coming back to the same thing. We had no plan B when we lost out on Seraldo, who appointed Tim Sheens and the rest of the coaching staff. And it comes back to these guys. And if Sheens and the other guys are making the wrong decisions, then it has to fall back on the board. And, and we, you know, you, I'm sick of hearing the phrase, you know, the fish rots from the head. Like we've said it a thousand times over the last eight years. Okay. But it's the same old stuff. Like, yes. I think Sheens has made some major mistakes and I've probably got to throw the other coaching staff in there as well if they're a part of it. But who appointed those blokes? So, you know, if you keep employing the wrong people, you've got to be able to take the blame. And, and the one thing Rothfield did say on that Anzac jersey, he said Pasco came out and accepted responsibility, but what what does that look like? Like he does it, he's still there. So, yeah, it's just... And in terms of the spin that... that that Rothfield, uh, that uh, Paul Kent was going on about, we're, we're getting it every day from Tim Sheens. And to be brutally honest, I think Tim Sheens is just doing his job by saying spin because every day we get something different from Sheens. If you look at what he said from the start of the year to where we are now, it changes based on whether we win, whether we lose, whether we, we lose by a lot, whether we lose by a little bit. I'm, I'm just sick of hearing it, Josh. It's just very frustrating. We're all frustrated with it. As I said last week, you, you just look at the fullback situation. Okay, just, just hear me out on this fullback situation. All we've heard during the last seven days is Buller is the future. We've signed him. He's the man. He's going to stay there. Rah, rah, rah. Okay? Yet, first two rounds we played Dane Laurie. Next three rounds we played Adam Dewey. Then we played Charlie Staines, who had a good game at fullback. And then we then we got Buller, and and you ask Sheens before the Parramatta game. We've only got two fullbacks, uh, Stain, uh, Staines and Laurie, 
so the spin just keeps changing. Now, in the last couple of days, he's back to the five-year plan. This is all part of a five-year plan. It's all going to be good in five years. And then I'm thinking to myself, Coruscant ain't going to be there in five years. Clemens not going to be there in five years. You know, Bateman's not going to be there in five years. Just stop spinning the crap, okay? Yeah. They're, they're trying other teams, to Other on. teams flip. Sorry, Rob. Sorry. You're right. No, I'm just saying, like, you yeah, know, I agree. We're talking about all this five year plan stuff, and it just, mm. and some of these blokes aren't going to be there in five years. And, and the three guys I've mentioned are our three best players. They're, they're the three blokes that are holding it together. Clemmer is playing off his face, Coruscant is the man. And Bateman's added a breath of fresh air. Suddenly, we look like scoring points whenever he touches the ball. He promotes second-phase footy. But we just keep hearing that, you know, he goes back to the same old dribble post-game. And, you know, like Kent said tonight, winning the second half a few weeks ago. And we didn't win the second half yesterday. But, you know, we just want to hear the truth, guys. And I know I know they can't say, you know, Sheens can't come out and say, oh, look, we're shit and we're not going to win a game for, you know, another three months. But... You know, I don't think all fans are that gullible. And it's just, I, I don't trust the club. Just like Kent said tonight, I don't trust the club. I don't trust what they say. And they can say all they want. They can say, oh, you know, Rob Bashar is a propagandist and he's, you know, he's a shitster and, and all this sort of stuff. At the end of the day, man, we've we've won one game in, in basically a year. One game out of 21. So just look at the results. You know, we, we said... It wasn't good enough that Maguire was getting close losses. I'm not defending Madge, but I'm just comparing apples, okay? We're sick of nearly winning, nearly winning, but, you know, we're not good enough. Maguire's only won four or five games out of the last 15. And now we've got a new coaching staff that have won none out of eight. But yet, that, yet that, it's okay for them to nearly win a few games and be close. And we're winning the yardage meters and we're winning the possession and we're winning this and we're winning that. I mean, you know, if it's good good for Madge, it's good for us. And Lee Hadjapantelis said himself, it's not good going from 9th to 11th to 13th. You know, we've been going progressively backwards. Well, we've, we've gone to 16th and we're going to go to 17th. So what needs to happen is really just the whole coaching staff to be changed. And that's not going to happen because that would cost over a million dollars to get rid of three or four blokes. But that's that's the reality. We're stuck with this for at least two years. Sheens was brought back by Hadja Pantelis and the board, okay? So that's on him because Sheens is making all the wrong moves. We, we win at least half these games with Hastings there, and we, we can't cry over spilt milk, but that's just the reality. We win half those games with a decent organiser, and the funny thing is we wanted to go back and get Mitchell Pearce. That's how desperate we were for an organiser, yet we had it staring in front of us. Yeah, it's, so it's just. But like I said, I watched yesterday, and even when we hit the lead, like I was, I was a bit happy, and then I just thought, you know, like, who cares? If we win, we've won one game out of seven. Like, I want to be in the hunt for finals. I want to be close by. I don't, I, you know, I don't want to be just reviewing games and just thinking there's no hope. But if I isolate yesterday's game, Josh, like, I don't think Brooks should have been anywhere near the half situation when we had Brooks, Dewey and Wakem. Okay, we saw, mm. we saw what Wakem and Dewey were like in the trial. We, we wanted Hastings and Dewey last year. We never got to see that. We wanted Dewey and Wakeham this year. We're never going to get to see that. Now that Dewey's out of the picture, we don't have anyone to replace uh, Brooks. And I know people are going to throw Laurie at me. If I just isolate yesterday, that Brooks clanger with six minutes left cost us a game, just dropping the ball. And, and the reality is with Luke Brooks, I think he had a pretty good game. 
except defensively. Defensively, he was poor. But in attack, he looked really sharp. He ran straighter. He threw a couple of good balls. Even in Appy Coruscant's try from the scrum. I mean, he looped out of that scrum really fast where the manly defence anticipated Brooksy getting the ball and Appy went himself. Brooksy did a lot of good things, but when the game's on the line, he screws it up. Okay, and I felt bad for him because he busted his ass, and you could see how much it hurt losing, and you could see how much it hurt all the boys losing. But based on yesterday, I'd say play Brooks as a six. Let Wakeham take the reins, man. I don't know what it's going to take to say to Wake. Just give Wakeham a freaking chance. Let him run the show. When he's got the ball, there's just something about him. He he looks like he's got options. Just give him a chance to to be the general and just let Brooksy float. But until, you know, I don't know, like how are we going to go against Penrith? And then we're going to be facing all the other teams that are big guns. You know, the Souses and the Roosters and all these guys. Like we, we, we've we lost five to five teams that didn't make the finals. The only two that we've got left are St. George and New Zealand that, that missed the finals. It's just, it's very, very frustrating. I do see improvement in how they're playing, but we can't win. So what, what does it matter, Josh? Like, and then... The, our best three players aren't going to be there in three or four years anyway. So, yeah, why, the, the, why talk this five year spin shit? It's a it's a load of shit. If you look at our roster now, and the amount of cap space that we apparently have, like we should be a top eight team, like next year. There's no there's no excuse. They, they have the money to go out we, and add. We this year, a, Josh. What's wrong with our we, four we pack, man? Yeah, look, we have a look great. Who got, look, look at who yeah. we got playing in Reggie's. Like we've got a bloody good forward pack. Like mm. Maguire would have killed for this forward pack. Any coach would kill for this forward pack. Yet we can't get a win in the first eight weeks. Granted, we had a buy for one of them, so we've we've we're zero and seven. But this is a good enough team to be winning games. I agree. We, we're, we're lacking that steering wheel. We're lacking that little bit of polish. But that said. I thought Brooks and Wakem yesterday were okay. If people want to come at me, they can come at me because I, I I wanted Brooks out of the club five weeks ago, okay? But the fact is, Dewey's not there anymore. So we've got to make do with what we've got available to us. And mm. Brooks threw that beautiful cutout ball that, and Toa had magic hands um, to get it out to Staines for that try. That was a good ball. I mean, he didn't do anything special for the, sec- the other try to Toa. Toa just... Did it all himself. And as I mentioned before, what he did for the Coruscant try. But that that little bit of play he did, I don't know how much time was left, about six minutes left. He should have got that ball back on the inside from Papali'i. And Wakem was on the inside. And, man, that would have been a try near mm. the post. Kick the conversion. Kill a minute and a half with the goal kick. We've probably got to defend for four and a half minutes, you know, max. And we, and we might have won the game. But, look, it's just it's sad, man. I just don't think the boys know how to win. Like, it's... Not for one yeah. of trying. You, you can see how happy they were when they did score tries. Like someone put a comment up there, you know, they don't, they look deflated or they, they didn't look like they care. I, 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 I you know, would question that. I think they all care and yeah. they're all trying their best. And I'm sure the coaches are trying their best too. They're just as frustrated. But the bottom line is they're not up to it. They're not, we're, we should have been where we are now two months ago. We're tinkering with, with our team. The back line's different every week. Some of them are forced changes, but other times they're not. Like Charlie Staines isn't a forced change. That was done by our choice. Toa's gone from wing to centre, centre to wing. We we just how are you meant to form combinations? And how does Sheen's defended in the in the press conference saying, "Oh, you know, we 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 haven't got our right combinations yet." Well, 
mate, you should have worked it out last year. Should have taken over from Madge last year and worked all this stuff out. Who can play where? Who can play what? You know, and why wasn't Buller there from round one if he's our future? Can someone explain that to me? He's come off a three-week injury. Why wasn't he there from round one? If this bloke's our future, what's going on there? I can't answer it because I don't know the answer. But suddenly he's our future after eight rounds. Yet we've had three fullbacks in the first seven rounds. I would be surprised. After seeing Dane Laurie playing the halves on uh, yesterday, I wouldn't be surprised if it's Laurie and Brooks in the halves. And the whole uh, post-match incident with Wakeham, I wouldn't be surprised. If uh, four o'clock tomorrow, Dan Laurie is named in the halves, but that's a pure like, like, guess. Like I said, you, but... you know my views on Brooks, but what did Brooks and what did Wakeham do wrong yesterday? Other than Brooks no. dropping the ball with six minutes left, what they they forced grubber kicks, they they controlled some play really well. I don't know what they did wrong yesterday to deserve dropping. I mean, yeah, we couldn't score in the first seven or eight minutes as usual when we had all that red zone, but I don't think on yesterday's performance their performances are worth dropping either of them. That's and then and then here we go again. Then we'd be like, well, we we drop Wakem for three weeks and we've brought him back up for a week. Then we drop him again. Like, how are we building a person's confidence if we keep chopping and changing? I I, I can't see how Laurie gets a start. And and he'd be the smallest five eight that, that would have started in first grade for a long time. Is he going to be able to handle the defensive workload? I mean, you guys saw him play New South Wales Cup. How did he go there? That's why I'm, we he looked decent, like okay, looked like like he uh, he was he looked pretty dangerous. He was playing against obviously uh, a New South Wales Cup team, but he to me he looked like he had a bit more spark and bit, uh, enough that Tim Sheens would look at him and go, mm, let's give let's give this a crack with Brooks. Well, wait, wait, so, wake him, wake him own New South Wales Cup the first two rounds. Like mm-hmm. wake him, wake him looked like Andrew Johns in New South Wales Cup. You know, try and all sorts of stuff. So, I mean, it's a lower standard, but I mean, we just can't. This, this is this is what happens when you put a, a coach that's been out of the game for a while, and Adam, we've got with with coaches that haven't had any experience or done an apprenticeship. They're just experimenting, guys. They're, mm. they're because they they're still learning, and we're a modern day rugby league club that want, demands success, or we should be demanding success. Our fans certainly demand success. We've been starved of it for 12 years and we're still tinkering around with, oh, who should we play here and who should we play there? It should have been all worked out pre-season. It should have been worked out last year. We should have known last year if Laurie could play 5-8. We should have known last year that Tupu was ready for first grade on the wing. We should have known last year that Bull is going to start this year. But we're, we're two months behind the eight ball. So, you know, it, I mean, I was joking to someone today that we only played with 16 players yesterday because Simkin never got a run. But, like, we're also handicapped in terms of our coaching. Our coaching isn't up to standard. Granted, I think the attack improved yesterday. It's two months behind. Two, you know, first game of the year, we were throwing 200 passes sideways, looked like, you know, mini mod. And now we're suddenly playing a different, better-looking style of footy. Yeah. We're still trying to work out who we are, mate. It's not good enough. Yeah. I think, yeah, I'm- Playing, if we we're playing against the Bulldogs at the moment, certain teams are playing at the moment. I think yesterday, like if we're playing the Dragons or the Dogs, who are pretty down at the moment, I think 
we we may have won it. Look at these stats here as I'll get you to um run yeah run through something that stands out to you. But fifty eight percent possession in our favour, uh, completion rate seventy four percent in the wet. That's pretty good um, considering how wet it was. Manly only sixty seven, so thirty five out of forty seven for us. Twenty seven out of forty for Manly uh, runs. We had what's 213 minus 156. That's 57 more runs than them. Run meters, an extra 500-ish meters. Post-contact meters, an extra 100-ish. Line breaks, roughly the same. Tackle breaks, an extra 10. As we we won all these stats, you look at it again, you look at these stats and you'd swear that we won the game. Like, it's just, it's insane that we've done that again. Yeah, the only one of those stats on this first screen that we'd lost was the the line breaks, and um, obviously Manly Four to three, have, yeah, yeah, Manly have a little bit of extra class there in the attack, especially in the spine with um, Turbo and DCE, and um, there were times where they kind of put us to shame, especially with the first try they scored. But yeah, it's not the first time I've said this, and it's probably not going to be the last time I'll say this this season. But we won everywhere except on the scoreboard. The, I think the most impressive part to me as well was the the meters we made. Um, like like Rob said, we've got a great forward pack that Madge would have killed for, um, and they are lifting. They are they are monstering upfield for us. And then we've got some players in the outside backs who can um, have some classy touches and some good runs down the sideline. But yeah, um, to be about five hundred more meters than Manly, given the possession, given the, the conditions. I think that was probably quite impressive in, in, yeah. like in the loss, obviously. Yeah. Forced dropouts, three to nil. Like that, even that for West Tigers is crazy. Unheard I mean, of. Like um, kicking meters, roughly the same, but if you're making more meters, I guess there's less, less kicking meters. Uh, offloads, 12 to seven. Just Rob... What are your thoughts? Just you, you just in your rant there said that we basically played. They dug in. They did enough to win. It's just those tries early on. If we, I reckon, if we scored the first try yesterday, if we had to score that 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 first. I, I sent a tweet out on the Westlife Twitter that every single week we dominate possession at the start. We look like we get in the red zone, and then a try goes the other way, and. If we can just flip that script, I feel like we win a game. I don't want to sound like I'm making excuses, but if you look at the last 10 minutes, Stefano lost a ball that was a bit of a 50-50. Was it stripped or was it not? We didn't have a challenge. The same could be said for Bateman. Okay, Bateman might have had the ball, you know, uh, ripped out by, by a manly player's leg. I thought that could have been a penalty to us. And Buller had a fantastic debut, but guys, he made, he made two clangers. Now, now take those away. We win the game. Like we, they weren't getting out of their half. If you know, if we just let them complete their sets and catch the kicks they put to us, I think the game was over. So, but but what hurts is you know you look at yesterday how we came back. You look at the Canterbury game where we got three tries really quickly and we had you know nine minutes to go there as well. We can't finish them off, and we couldn't finish Manly off yesterday. And yet you see a new team like the Dolphins. They come back from twenty six nil down. When they get back to 26, 24, or whatever it was, they didn't just suddenly lose like we do. They went on with it and got that winning try and 
and held the Gold Coast out the last couple of minutes. So it's it's just a culture that's used to losing at the moment. And but how do how you know I can't I can't bag anyone, Josh, because they all had a freaking go. They all tried their asses off. Like those mistakes weren't done on purpose. And even I think yeah. Bull, Bull, Buller's second drop ball. I don't know. Like maybe I'm just you know being a little bit biased, but I kind of felt like he. He sort of caught it in his legs and then grabbed it in his hand, but we didn't have a challenge anyway. So mm. it's just it's just sad, man. Like how can you how can anyone bag the performances of those blokes yesterday? They 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 played a pretty good style. They you know I remember looking at that meterage in the second half and thinking, Christ, we're up like three hundred meters on Manly in the second half. It was like six hundred and something to three hundred and something. And yeah, you look at all these stats and you just say, what did we do wrong? But we did get some forced dropouts. We 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 did score tries. We did build pressure. We did a lot of good things. But as I said, the the Steph knock on, the Bateman knock on, the Buller ones, you know, and obviously Tupu, you know, not diffusing that Cherry Evans kick. That 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 ended up being the difference in the game. And I also thought that ref was pretty harsh with those two scrum penalties, mm. ten meters out on our try line, and they're not differential penalties anymore. Like you can take take the two points like no other team gets nitpicked like that you know when Coruscant scored not that it mattered but when Coruscant scored Manly were offside you know we end up scoring anyway but I'm just wondering if he'd have got tackled would we've got a penalty you know we just don't seem to get those sort of breaks but I don't know man I don't know if it's a black cloud or or just us not knowing how to win but we just yeah we're dominating the stats and and I think it was a big improvement yesterday and there was a lot to be proud about but you know, we these are the sort of things we used to say when Michael Maguire was coach. Proud of the effort. Boys tried their asses off. We just didn't get there, you know. And and this is the same thing. So, you know, I don't know why it's okay now, and but it, it wasn't okay a couple of years ago. Rachel on Facebook mentioned the probably no try. Uh, he, I thought he had the ball. So obviously watching without sound and just the big screen to me my biased eyes saw he had the ball tucked the whole time didn't reach out why was it called a double movement because the ball the ball touched the ground i I saw it touch the ground oh so before he grounded before he before he lifted it up and i don't think it was momentum that said it was shown in slow motion on tv but i i like yeah i would i would have jumped all over it but at the same time, you'd also think Papa Lee is experienced enough not to do a double movement if he, you know, if you're risking that. But I, I actually thought the ball hit the ground and then he lifted his arm up. But anyway, okay. yeah, you miss a lot when you're at the at the ground. Uh, shouts to our friend Shane Walker. If you missed it last last week, was it last week, but yeah, yeah, last week. Shane was on the show uh, talking about the good old days. So. If you haven't yet, go back and listen to that. And uh, Shane Walker on our screens now is wearing the MLC phones jersey from back in the day. They are now known as Mobile Corp, who are a sponsor of our show. Shouts to Stephen from Mobile Corp. They can assist with anything IT-related. And in the early uh, days of their business, they were known as MLC phones, sponsors of Balmain in 1994. They say there's a saying in IT, there are only two types of companies, those who have been hacked and those who will be hacked. So what can business owners do to protect themselves from from cyber attack? Mobile Corp is a family-run tech company that supports West Tigers and was a jersey sponsor back in 2007. 
Mobile Corp is passionate about helping protect businesses from cyber threats for an affordable cyber security solution. Go to mobilecorp.com.au. Uh, right, lower grades from the weekend. As you and I, uh, actually, did you get there for for cup? As did you watch? I was there for uh, the last ten minutes of the first half okay. of New South Wales Cup, and then from there. So I saw. I missed. I think I saw every point they scored. I, I missed the first ten minutes. So the Magpies got up twenty four to sixteen. Uh, a bit of a come from behind. I believe they were down sixteen. 10 at one stage and then who would come through and score a try to put us in the lead none other than my guy Sean Bloor uh it was a great great try by him barging through and then uh the other back row Brandon Mansfield he scored his second late in the game to seal it so they got their first win uh it was nice Sean was uh saying hi to his missus and his family uh, in front of us, I went down and said g'day, wearing no shirt. Uh, Sean wasn't. He had, he had his jersey in his hand. I went to shake his hand just to say, good game. And he went in. I believe the kids call it dapping up, you know, when you you go in for like a, a half hug. It was a bit awkward. And all of his sweat basically stuck to the side the side of my jersey. Um <laughs> And you haven't funny. had a shower since, have you? I have not washed my... You know the Simpsons? <laughs> you know the Simpsons when Bart Simpson gets the girl spit in his hand? He doesn't wash his hand. Yeah, my my arms smells like... Yeah, smells like Sean. So, um, no, shouts, shouts to uh, Mr. Bloor. He had a fantastic game yesterday. Uh, Dane played pretty well in the halves as well. So, and um, Matamua looked pretty good as well. So, there's plenty, plenty of talent floating around the club they just yeah who knows there's trying to convert it into first grade so uh the cup side they're in sixth position now or tied fifth uh for points so uh big finals chances for the cup the cup boys this year i don't know maybe do you put the good players down in cup to try and do something in there uh jersey flag they got a win as well yesterday so it was two out of two before first grade they got up 38 to 22. Uh, apparently, uh, De Silva, he had a really good game. He's only 18, isn't he, De Silva? So he was playing a couple of years up. Because, um, yeah, he's in the he was in the SG ball. Uh, so I think it was his flag debut, I believe. And it apparently was his he flag went, debut, yeah. Yeah, so apparently he played really well as well. So, yeah, playing a couple of years above his... Uh, his age and played really well. So keep an eye out for him. He's the one that, uh, or one of these players that uh, Sheenzy's really keen on. So who knows? Sheenzy always says, doesn't he? If he's if he's good enough, he's old enough. So I don't know. He might by the end of the year he might go another couple of steps up to first grade. So uh, there are there are good kids coming through. Fingers crossed. The thing that annoys me. The whole kid talk is we went through this eight years ago with a good uh, good crop of kids, and the fact is, will we keep them? So, uh, so in the flag, in terms of the table, they are on eight points, they're in seventh, which is tied six there. So, uh, yeah, they're fine. What's the top 
five in flag or top eight? I can't remember. So, I don't actually know what flag and cup are going to be running final series wise this year. Yeah, they've um, but, they've chopped and changed it a few times. But um, look, our lower grades are going okay, better than the first grade. They've won won some games, so fingers crossed they can filter into first grade soon. Righto, player ratings time. Uh, Boys, we'll go through the team list. So we had, I think we had about 70 submissions this week. So thank you to all of you who submitted your 10 to 1 votes this week. So here are the ratings based on the average from those. Young Jareem Buller on debut. What would you rate him as? I'd give Jareem a 7. He had a pretty solid debut. My favourite moment was him getting out of the in goal um, when he was no odds to do that. Yeah, that was great. Um, I was with you for that. We were were quite excited to see that. And Mario next to us was absolutely livid that he got out. (laughs) Yeah. Um, yeah, that it was a pretty solid debut. Like Rob said, he had a few clangers, but he's a he's a young kid. He's it was his first game in the big grade in the big time in that position. So hopefully, many good things to come for him later on. Let us know in the comments to play along along with us. What do you reckon, Rob? Oh, for a debut, it was sensational. Yeah, I'd, I'd agree with Aaron. I'd give him a seven. Pity mm. about those couple of drop balls because you know they were at key moments of the game. Uh, as we were really dominating Manly and they, they couldn't get into our side of the field and those drop balls just gave them that invitation. But, yeah, fantastic debut. And as Aaron said, that run from the in goal was pretty special and I'm sure he's going to remember that moment for the rest of his career being in his debut game. Who, yeah, who did he beat to get out of that, Rob? Uh, it was, what, Manly's right side. So I'm guessing it would have been uh, Morgan Harper. and uh, Actually, I think he beat Olakowatu from memory as well. Yeah, I think Olakawadu was the guy that missed his uh, left ankle. But um, I, I can check that for you if you like. Yeah, please do. I haven't I haven't rewatched, so. All right, I'll, I'll get the Fox Cell IQ going. 6.6 6. <laughs> 6 was the average for young Jareem there, so a little bit uh, under what you boys said. Uh, Charlie Staines on the wing. He had a fantastic acrobatic try, just absolutely textbook wingers try where he just basically does a front flip, a half front flip in the air at the perfect time that the tackler basically misses him. Uh, that was on our side of the field as well as uh, what do you give the uh, Forbes Ferrari? Yeah, that little um, fly, flight into the corner put um, the the Campbelltown flyer who would normally be scoring in that corner to shame, didn't he? Um, <laughs> I'd probably give him a seven as well. It was a pretty solid game. I, I do think his better position could be at fullback. Um, but yeah, uh, not, nothing bad to say about Charlie. Uh, Rob? Yeah, I, look, I don't think he got as involved as, you know, nor, he normally does. Uh, like, but he did nothing wrong, as Aaron said. But yeah, just would have liked him to have been a bit more involved in the game. Or And it's not his fault he didn't get, get as many chances. But um, I gave him a six. 6.3 for Charlie. Stafford? Toa, I thought staff of Toa looked pretty good in the centres. Obviously scored a great try and set up Charlie's as well. What are your thoughts? Rob, we'll go to you first. Yeah, I gave him a seven. Um, the, the quick hands for Stain's try. Obviously, the, the try uh, where he beat the new kid, Fayonu, um, yeah, was very good. And 
Yeah, look, I just thought it was probably one of his better games. So uh, it'd be interesting to see whether he holds down that spot or not because I got a feeling Talau was played um, just to get a bit of game time and to get a centre position back. So it's going to be interesting to see what uh, Sheens and Benji do for next week. Uh, Toler for you, as um, if I could give half marks, I'd be giving him a seven and a half. Um, the efforts around those two tries were absolutely spectacular, especially his solo one. Um, yeah, that's probably what I'm leaning towards there. But six, I, if I can't give po- half marks, I'll give a seven. Yeah, six point five seems a little bit unders. I think people have been a bit harsh on Stafford there. Uh, Kepa Owa, Rob. Yeah, look, I've said this many times, guys. When he does have a good game, I acknowledge it, even though he's not one of my favourite players. Uh, I gave him a five. Look, our left-edge defence, again, in the first half was awful. And and Manly sliced through his side. He's like a deer in headlights in defence. And he's the one person. I know we've extended him, guys, but he's the one person that shouldn't be playing centres anymore. So if he's not going to be a backup uh, second rower, I just wouldn't even have him in first grade. I'd... I was really disappointed with his game. As? Yeah, I have to agree with Rob. And I think someone said it in the comments earlier on that um, he's he's bulked up and has been basically been made to be a second rower. Mm. Um, and they were so they were targeting him in the centres. Yeah, it, I'd give him a five as well. 4.9 for Kepa. Uh, young junior Tupo as? Um, I... I can't recall seeing too much of Junior, so I'm probably going to give him a six. I haven't really had a look at his stats. Um, I do recall a few involvements from him, but I can't recall too many. Probably um, a bad thing. I haven't done a rewatch, but I don't like rewatching games when we lose. So <laughs> that kind of complicates things there a little bit. <laughs> you won't re- be rewatching any games this year, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I gave him a five, Josh. I gave him a five. He didn't really get involved um, too mm-hmm. much. Um, and especially after that Parramatta performance, we're looking for really big things from him. Obviously, you know, the game-winning try, not catching that bomb doesn't help as well. But, you know, it wasn't for lack of effort. He just didn't have one of his better games. Uh, 5.4 for Junior. Brandon Wakeham, Rob. Yeah, it's a hard one. I mean, I, I kind of like what he did, but maybe I'm a little bit, Wakeham biased because I have been anti-Brooks. Uh, I'm going to give him a seven. Uh, I, I just think he does. There's just something. He's got a bit of spunk about him. I don't know what it is. I just feel like something's going to happen when he gets the ball. So I'd love him to have the keys. I just wish this coaching staff would say, mate, you're the number seven. It's your show. Run the team. You can do it. I, we have faith in you, but they don't. So, um, yeah, I don't know what's going to happen in the future, but I thought he had a pretty good game. As? Yeah, I'd, I'd give Brandon a six. Um, some really good involvements in a lot of our plays and a lot of our meterage, but um, a few clangers from him as well. So, yeah, six. 5.1 was the average there. Righto, the uh, little old scapegoat in the number seven, Luke Brooks. Uh, as you go first. Yeah, I'm going to give Brooksy a six as well. Um, like Rob said earlier, it was one of Brooksy's better games. Um, obviously, we don't have many options in the seven jersey now, especially with AD out. So um, other than basically swapping Wakeham and Brooks's numbers over, uh, yeah, he had some really solid um, involvements in those tries. Defense was a little bit sketchy at times. So, yeah, six. 
Rob? Yeah, look, my feelings on him are very well known, but based on yesterday, except for a few defensive things, I thought attacking-wise it was his best game he's had for us this year. Uh, I gave him a seven. I thought he was really good, except for that blown try with six minutes left. God, if he'd have ca- if he'd have caught that, he just might have redeemed himself with a lot of fans and mm. and, and given us a bit of hope because he he gave it to Papali. He knew he knew the ball was going to come back to him, and it was a very catchable ball, and it yeah just killed everything. So the the fans have given Luke Brooks the V six engine of a VN Commodore. They've given him a three point eight. That, yeah, so that uh, that's 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 ten years of Brooks. That's not judging yesterday's game. Yeah, they, they, you, can, you cannot say, like I said, I, I don't want him in first grade. Basically, I've said that from the start of the year. But you've just got to judge what he did yesterday for eighty minutes. And with the exception of that drop ball, he had a really good game. Like he threw that cutout ball to, that led to Stain's try. He threw the ball to Toa. Mm. He made the decoy for Coruscant. I don't know. He had a lot of spark about him. He looked dangerous when he ran the ball. You know, I'd love him to if, find another club for his sake, but he's with us and he and he had a pretty good game. If that drop ball happens in the tenth minute and not the seventy six, maybe people think a little bit different. Uh Stefano Rob. Look, uh really improved game. Um I know he had that drop ball again, just like Brooksy. All a lot of our better players had had clangers. Um I gave him a seven. Uh you know, one I know Turbo's injured, but gee, that chase he did on uh, Tom Trebojevic yeah, before, before he offloaded to Cherry Evans. You, you really knew Turbo was injured, but, you know. Looked, so good. If, if yeah, he, he's, he's running yeah. hard. He's playing well. I think he played well against Parra too. So, you know, having back-to-back good games, I, I think he's a really good sign. Look, one thing I will say, like I'm bagging the shit out of the coach, which, you know, that's just me. They're, they're playing for the coaches. They're not, they're not, it's not like they're not running out on the field and they're not motivated. How these guys get themselves up every week when they've lost every week is is credit to everyone there because, you know, personally, like, I, I'm deflated. Like, I can't even watch them. I don't know how they run out and play. But, yeah, Stefano had a really great game. Uh, as? Yeah, I'm giving Stefano a seven as well, pretty much for the same reasons. I was also going to mention the, um, the chase down to Tom. Like Rob said, even though Tom's injured, that's still a pretty impressive feat, I reckon. Uh, six point seven. Uh, Captain Courageous Appy Coruscant as the dude is an absolute mother effing inspiration. I'm giving him a nine. He's leading this team from the front. He's taking it upon his back to basically carry the team at times. His um his smarts and play out of dummy half basically all game were absolutely spectacular. There were so many times he caught Manly players offside. Uh, we didn't get any whistle blown, whistle blows for or six agains for many of them at all, or mm. none of them at all, basically. Um, but he knew exactly what he was doing. He was trying to get us upfield as much as he could. Absolutely stellar performance. Another eighty-minute game. Yeah, he's he's an absolute inspiration. Rob, I oh, look. I spoke about him early, guys. I'm just going to say one word: ten. You can't, you can't, you couldn't have given any more. He couldn't have done any more. So, yeah, the that, 8.2 8.2 seems like unders, doesn't it? Um, he was brilliant. He was absolutely mm. brilliant. Uh, David Clemmer, Rob. Look, I haven't rewatched the game, and I know he's normally one of our best. Uh, I'm going to say six, but to be honest, I don't know. I, I didn't notice him as much as I normally notice him, but 
you know, he never shirks the task. So, um, yeah, I, I gave him a six. Uh, as seven for me, uh, 6.9. So you pretty, you both pretty much on the money there. Isaiah Papali'i as it was one of his better games for the club as well. I'm giving him a seven. It broke my heart hearing that after the game, as he was walking off the field up the tunnel, he was pretty inconsolable. Um, as much as we all were leaving the stadium, I, I was pretty flat leaving the stadium as you guys would have seen. Um, but yeah, he it was one of his better games for the club. Can't fault him too much. Um, I think he made it, might have had a drop or two, and then there was that um, that no try that got taken off him for the double double movement. So yeah, seven. Personality wise, I haven't met probably he, but he does seem that a little bit different to the uh, average uh, footballer. Like just the whole like um, he, he talks very intelligently like just the way i don't know the way he carries himself seems just very different with respect to other footballers he seems like a i'm i'm i know i'm tri- like on thin ice here not that they listen anyway but i don't know he just seems just that little bit different and the fact that he can yeah cry and uh is a man who's not afraid to show his emotions that's um it's it's a great thing. So, yeah, he's. I know he was a bit sketchy last year, the whole contract thing, but I don't know. There's something something about him. I like I like him. Rob, uh, look, we haven't got the Parramatta Papali'i yet, but that was his best game yesterday for us. I gave him a seven, uh, six point eight. So pretty much bang on there, uh, Mister Johnny Bateman. Rob, yeah, look. He tries hard every week. He's normally one of our better players. Um, probably a bit down on his last couple of games, but I still gave him a seven. Like that, his bad games are sevens. That that's how good Bateman goes. So um, yeah, very impressive player. Glad he's at our club. As yeah, I can agree with that. A seven from me as well. Um, he tries to pump up the team. He pumped up the crowd after Appy's try as well. Yeah, I know. Um, yeah, his his bad games are still pretty solid he's um he's going to be one of those players who always attempts to leave from the front even if he has a bit of a shocker um or makes a few clangers yeah he's he's going to be one of those players who's all, almost always up there yeah and he doesn't just, just make tackles he goes in to just chop blokes so he um yeah i love the guy uh 6.2 by the fans uh Fanua pole has um i'm not really sure what to rate for Nua because i don't really remember too much of his game, so I'm probably mm. just going to say a six and defer to Rob on this one. Yeah, well, I would have deferred to you, Aaron, if I could have, but <laughs> it was very quiet. It was very quiet. I'll, I'll give him a six as well. He did make a couple of decent early runs, but yeah, I, I don't know if he's getting the. I should check how how much time he got in the game. I just feel like his minutes are a bit down, uh, and I think they're down by design as well. But yeah, I, I'm ex- I expected a bit more from him, especially from how well he played in those first two trials against New Zealand and Canberra. He was an absolute beast. And I'm, I'm not seeing that beast mode that he showed in those trials. He got 59 minutes. Oh, that's that's good because I don't think he was getting that sort of time before. But, yeah, look, anyway, I, I gave him a six. He didn't do anything wrong. Yeah, 6.2. Uh, speaking of big minutes, Jakey Simkin, Rob, <laughs> or what did you rate his uh, three and a half minutes? Oh, look, I gave him a 10 for not catching pneumonia. <laughs> like what's he supposed to do? Like how, yeah. how do you break that, man? It's just 
I felt I felt bad for even putting him in the list, but he technically played as. Yeah, I don't think you can rate a player who played three minutes at the end of the game when we were yeah. when we basically had um, that three minutes to save our skins. Uh, I'm gonna based on the three minutes he did play though, I'm gonna give him a ten because he he made a tackle a minute, so I think that's good enough for me. <laughs> he actually, I remember him taking a hit up as well, and I thought, you poor thing. He literally, yeah. took, he literally took a hit up with a couple of minutes left. <laughs> I actually I actually checked his stats after the game, and I'll pull them up just now really quick. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so three minutes, three fantasy points. So a fantasy point per minute, that's that's always a good marker of a player's yeah. skill. That's 80, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, one hit up, uh, one run for six metres with three metres post-contact, three tackles, none missed, one one-on-one tackle, no errors. So you can't. No errors. I think you. that's worth a that's worth a ten for the for a three minute stint. <laughs> Man of the match. Good on you, Jake. Alongside Appy. Three point two. Very harsh, but yeah, doesn't matter. Uh, Joff and Gowie uh, as. Yeah, I'm going to give Joffa a six. Um, he he always leads from the front when it comes to being a leader in that forward pack, but I can't really remember too much involvement from him at this point either. So six. Yeah, I gave him a six as well, uh, Josh. I I did notice he seemed to be at first receiver in the red zone when Appy was doing those runarounds. Hmm. And I actually kind of like those plays, but if, uh, but I think we also need a runner coming back on the inside. But it just froze the defence a little bit. And you'd actually remember one time he got over the try line and was held up. Hmm. Um, so he, he looked threatening. He's always enthusiastic. He's, he's passionate. You could see after... Appy scored the try. He, he was, you know, going gangbusters. So yeah. I, th- I thought he was pretty strong. And, and you know, if, if Joffa gets back to last year's form, then, then you know, it's, it's promising for hopefully winning some games later in the year. Yeah, I love Joffa. Uh, 6.1, Alex Twole, Rob. He did nothing wrong. I mean, he's, he's, not, he, he's not an attacking weapon or anything, but I, I gave him a six, but... I don't know. I don't know what his missed tackles were like or anything like that, but he just goes about his business and does his work and takes the tough hit-ups and the usual stuff we say every week. You could be in a coma and come back in a year and, and you'd have, you know, 25 match reviews all the same about him. Do you have, do you have his numbers there, uh, As? Yeah, I'll pull them up really quickly. Uh, 12, here we are. Oop, go back How many minutes there. did he get? Uh, 48 minutes. So 48 minutes... 13 hit-ups, 15 runs for 147 metres with 32 post-contact, uh, four tackle breaks, two offloads, 21 tackles made, zero missed. That's it. That's a really good game. When you read those stats, six is being mm. harsh. Yeah. Uh, Tommy Talau. As you got his... How many minutes did Tommy come uh, on for? Tommy was on for 32 minutes. Uh, what did you rate Talau as? Um, I'm giving him a five just because I don't remember too much of his game either. I, I kind of just wish his spot was given to a player like Sean Bloor who wants to be here and wants to be playing in the team. I, I think agree. I heard a similar thing regarding Sean in saying that he's probably going to be spending a couple of weeks in cup to get the minutes in the legs. Um, once he's got the minutes in the legs, maybe if he has... Uh, or plays reserve grade against the Panthers in Bathurst on Saturday. Um, he might come back into the team for Magic Round. That would be 
pretty cool, I think. But yeah, the sooner he gets in the team over a player like Tommy who's leaving, I think that would be the better. Jason D asks on YouTube, what will come first this year? A Tigers win or a 12 try? <laughs> Let's I, say I they thought... come in the same game. And then Shane oh, said I... Christmas will come first. <laughs> <laughs> I, tw- I tweeted that yesterday with, with about seven or eight minutes left. I said, Twole's going to get the winning try. That's the only way we're going to break this, both these ducks. But uh, <laughs> it, it didn't quite work out like that. Uh, look, with Talao, Josh, I, I gave him a five. I mean, he actually did look a little bit threatening when he came on. But, you know, to have two backs on the bench, I know he can play back row, but to have Talao there and, and you know, like have Simkin there, it's just it's too light a bench. Our, our forwards have to do too much work. Uh, three point seven for Tommy. I think a little bit of spite in that number, but um, yeah, Tim Sheen's got a four point eight. What are your thoughts on Sheensy, Rob? Well, not, you've already uh, gone pretty hard at him tonight. But... Oh, look! In terms of our style, I, I I like what we did in terms of those runaround moves in the in the red zone. I've mentioned that earlier already, um, but just in terms of of who he picked on the bench. I'm not a fan of it, but I'm not there. And, you know, everyone can judge Tim Sheens by our results. That's how I'd like him judged. Yes. Yeah, I'm at the moment, I'm judging Tim by results. I said seven for him, um, like preseason, and that slowly eventually dipped to a two. I can't really raise it anywhere above a two until we start winning games because he's the head coach. He's supposed to be helping this team win these games and making the making the decisions that are going to win the, win us the games. But so far, we haven't won a single one. So there's not much really more to, to be said. Uh, some of the best comments left in the ratings forms. Mark K said half the squad are playing hard. The other half are hardly playing. I think half. I know, I know he's making a, a cute little saying there, but I think it's a bit harsh to say half are hardly playing. I think all 16 players are having a go, guys. And I say that with tongue-in-cheek because we're playing a man short. I mean, when you've you've got a player playing three minutes in 80 minutes, we're pushing shit uphill. So I just don't think it's acceptable carrying a bloke on the bench, you know, like he used to before he got sacked, having a back on the bench for two or three minutes. We've got to to use 17 players. It's hard enough in the NRL as it is. So we need 17 players and, and all getting minutes and getting a proper rotation. Uh, Jelly Tiger said, it's a shame we've officially became the team that other clubs and fans feel sorry for. Comments from Gerbo and Gould prove it. It's becoming harder and harder to watch. So slow, no one in motion. Literally, the players are stopping them, passing it on to someone who isn't in a better position. But hey, at least they're trying hard. Please. Yeah, look, in terms of fans feeling sorry for him, I'd hardly ever get messages. I used to always get messages from opposition fans and that sort of thing kind of uh, rubbing in a loss. I haven't got any this year and we've played against, definitely played against teams that I know people uh, that go for them. (laughs) I don't think, I think people just playing the West Tigers at the moment and it's a relief that they're not the first person. Uh, I know Mario said it yesterday. It's just, he was just relieved that they weren't the first team to lose to us. So, Well, Jake Trebojevic was feeling sorry for us in the post-game interview. You know, I, I had sadly had to go to a funeral today and three of my mates who, you know, we normally give it to each other, three of those blokes were genuinely feeling sorry for me. <laughs> like, and I said, guys, it's, 
you know, it's, uh, you know, it is what it is. Like, I'm just used to it now. So, yeah. Anyway. Uh, uh, Connor Nunes, one of our Patreon supporters, said, Sheen should think think about mixing it, mixing in a runaround play once in a while. <laughs> they did um, they did press that button. It quite, worked, quite guys. It, it worked. I think it worked. I mean, people will get onto it in a couple of years and stop in a couple of weeks and stop it, but I think it, it, it froze the defense a little bit. So if it works, keep doing it. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dom Jet, I have nothing else left. Brooks keeps getting picks and nothing will change. Almost isn't freaking a pass mark. I, I, I think, man, I'm fucking over this. Mediocrity, that's the West Tigers. Uh, what's that shit with our chair and our CEO posing in the pick? Embarrassing and cringe. So uh, if you didn't see it, Jerome, they put up a, on the socials, Jareem Baller's jersey presentation, and uh, there's a cute little photo standing in between uh, our CEO and our chair that was uh, part of that gallery there, Rob. Yeah, it's look, like, like I said, I've got nothing, nothing good to say there. I mean... I agree with him about Brooks, but now that Dewey's out, I mean, I, I guess he, he's proposing Laurie to play at five eighth. That's, but I, I think Brooks played well yesterday. That's, and I don't want the bloke at the club. But I'm just being honest. I don't want his contract extended. I'd love Brooksy to go somewhere else and continue his career elsewhere. But if I'm being generally honest, except for that drop ball, he had a bloody good game yesterday. Uh, Byron Cow, Shenz will continue to get a zero for coaching until he pulls his head out of his ass and drops Brooks. He will then continue to get that zero even after that for continuing to select poor benches that aren't having enough impact on our games. Picking Simpkins but only giving him three minutes at the end. The window for impact has already headed back along the M5. What a yeah. joke. Yep. Uh, and to finish... Patreon questions. We've got a question from Ben in there. Patreon.com forward slash Westlife. If you want to take part. Um, yeah, lots of happening in the uh, Discord this week. The M- lot of NBA talk, bit of punting stuff. Rob Stradamus channel uh, coming along nicely. I did notice a jockey passed away today, Rob, sadly. Yeah, Dean Holland. Um, nice. Yeah, tragically, there was a a fall in a race, it's all over social media. Um, mm. And uh, sadly, a couple of these stupid news organisations took a screenshot of of the fall, which is just absolutely tragic. But, uh, yeah, he, I mean, he only just won a, what, a group one, I think, a month or so ago on In Secret at Flemington. So very sad news, only 34 years of age, leaves mm. behind a young family, wife and four kids. So, yeah, absolutely <sighs> tragic news. Younger than me. Uh Oh, our, Shane, our Benji Marshall tier Patreon. I'll go to Shane's. I'll go to Ben's question next. Shane Coet, as I see, uh, Shane's in the comments watching right now. He said, another one where we had a chance to close it out but didn't. Mainly was shit on the day, so can we really take anything away from the game? Listening to Shane's and the presser each week makes me sick. He's smiling whilst stating, we're not too far away from a win. Buller went okay. Our forwards did well, and Brooks was Brooks. I like Wakem, but he's not ready. I dumped Brooks today forever, uh, but he's going nowhere. Is it worth bringing Appy into the halves and bringing bringing Simkin back in at hooker, or should we keep it as it is? I'm in two minds. On a positive note, we've got Penrith this week. Uh, the whole Appy in the halves thing. We've got the best hooker in the game. Don't take him out of hooker. That's my opinion. 
No, I agree. Yeah, with that. I, I agree with that too. And you know, something else we we should mention about Tim Sheen's preseason. Remember, he was getting everyone to play two or three different positions, mm. so they knew what the other position was. Well, why not give Simkin a go? I mean, no, I, 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 yeah, I wouldn't do it, but I'm just saying if he played some trial, trial, you know, trial and error in their practices at half. What was the point of playing him as a halfback preseason if you're not giving him a, giving him a go in real game time? But look, I, yeah. I'd stick I'd stick with Wakem at number seven, and yeah, I mean if you don't want Brooks there, I can accept that. But uh, yeah, Wakem's got to be number seven. I've said it now since the end of round two, and I actually said preseason that I'd be starting him instead of Brooks as well. But I knew, I knew they had to give Brooks a go. Uh, ben Ellis on our Discord, he's asked, should we give our centres more early ball? especially in the opposition's red zone? Well, based on what Brooks did yesterday with Toa, if they're capable of busting the line or, or doing something, yeah. I mean, mm. even not so much in the red zone. That that drop ball, uh, guys, that um, Brooksy did that I mentioned, what, five or six minutes from the end, that was early ball to Isaiah Papali'i, who then had the option of either going to an outside man or, you know, taking a tackle and flicking a pass inside, which he did. So... I think we should be promoting the ball a little bit earlier to guys that can do things with the ball because it was great to see Papali'i just look, you know, half like the man that he was at Parramatta because the guy's a machine and we, we haven't got the best out of him yet, but he but he had his best game yesterday. As yeah, I agree with that too, especially when um, Naden comes back because Naden is our best centre and will continue to be our best centre, at least for the foreseeable future. Um and I think there's definitely a lot of potential when he gets some early ball too. Uh, our next show, so thir- I don't know where I've written Thursday morning there, is Wednesday evening, 8.30pm. Obviously, I didn't update that from last week. <laughs> it, um, yeah, eight, we will be back to 8.30 Wednesday night, we promise, as we preview Panthers v. Yeah. West Tigers. Um I'm going to miss this game. Unfortunately, watch it. are you heading out the Bathurst as? It's not far from nah. your home. So, not, yeah. not anymore. It's not far from me. I'm going to see Bert Kreischer, the uh, comedian, that night. I didn't even realize when I bought – obviously, the draw wasn't out when I bought the tickets. But, um, yeah. So, yeah, hopefully it's not too much of a comedy of uh, – of a flogging for, for that game. But we'll preview that on Wednesday. We'll see what the team list looks like on Tuesday to talk about there. Um, and I of think course, we actually don't see the team list until Wednesday this week. I, I think I heard him mention that team lists will drop on Wednesday because of the games that are still being played tomorrow. Glad you're under that. That makes sense because why would they drop a team list when there's literally a game happening? Yeah, but yeah, I, think, so. I think the other team should be allowed to, Aaron. I yeah, do it all together. I can, I can understand I the four teams playing on Tuesday not doing it, but surely we can. Maybe they all do um, it together, though. They like to do it together. I would think that if anything, maybe only the Thursday game would drop tomorrow. But I, I okay. last I heard, all teams were dropping on Wednesday. Oh, we can have fun with it on Wednesday night then. Uh, Kev mentioned Dame, and uh, yeah, uh, RIP to uh, brain melt, brain melt. Real name Barry Humphreys. Barry Humphreys. My God, sorry, Barry. I literally sent out a tweet about it last night. Yeah, absolute legend. Growing up as a kid, thousand laughs from that guy slash lady. So shouts to him, and of course, big shouts to all of our 
um, past and present serving in the military for Australia and New Zealand. Obviously, Anzac Day tomorrow. Not only my fa- probably my favourite regular season rugby league game, but obviously pay respects to our diggers. Uh, someone, some of you may have noticed the photo in the background of my uh, what do you call it profile shot. That's my great or was my great grandfather uh, Keith Johnson. He served for the Australian military in World War Two and was shot by a Japanese plane. In Darwin during the, the uh, yeah during World War Two, so he did survive that, and I did get to meet him for the first three years of my life, three four years of my life. I do have uh, faint memories of him, but um, yeah, so I always like to think about him and all our troops on Anzac Day. Anything else to add as we uh, say goodnight to Big Dog, everyone? Uh, just to echo your thoughts, um, tomorrow's a really special day in our country and um, I really look forward to our rugby league games. Um, no matter where the Roosters and the Dragons and the Storm and the Warriors are on the ladder, we, we get some really good, intense rugby league. So uh, looking forward to those games tomorrow. Yeah, I agree. I hope everyone enjoys those two games of footy and um, no matter what you do to commemorate and honour our uh, past and present servicemen and women, uh, I hope you have a, a great day doing so, and lest we forget. And uh, as Gussie said to us as the boys ran out with their Anzac jerseys, God bless America. <laughs> <laughs> I did chuckle at that. That was, that was good. <laughs> right, guys, as always, you know how we end every show, despite being Owen, what are we now, Owen 7. Owen 7. We two still games, love you. behind St. George. Two wins behind St. George, I should say. As always, go the Tigers. Go the Tigers. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Westlife Podcast. Please follow us at Westlife Pod on Instagram and Twitter and facebook.com forward slash Westlife Pod. You can also support and take part in the show at patreon.com forward slash Westlife and give us a subscribe on YouTube and turn notifications on. We'll see you again next time on another episode of the Westlife Podcast. Mm-hmm. <sighs>